This episode of the CoreyCast is brought to you by the letter D for Detroit Boxing Company. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite clothing lines. They have fantastic shirts, amazing hoodies, comfortable sweatpants, dope-ass hats, and these clothes will make you feel fantastic. The cut is just perfect on them, and every time I get something, I'm like, ooh, I need to order myself some more. They have a strong focus on the boxing community, which is something that I really love. You know that I love martial arts, and boxing is for sure a martial art. No doubt about it. And TJ is doing a lot of great stuff with his company. So make sure you show him some love, just like he's showing the viewers of the Corycast some love. Go ahead, pick yourself up a t-shirt, DetroitBoxingCompany.com. Use the code word CoreyCast at checkout, all one word, and save yourself a little bit of cash. This episode of the CoreyCast is with my friend Bob Matag. He is a top producing agent out of the Howard Hanna office in Manlius. And I invited him on the podcast because I felt like I could learn a lot about uh, his real estate techniques and his different systems that he has in place. And then we got to talking and I realized about 45 minutes in that him and I hardly didn't even talk about real estate and we were talking about martial arts most of the time. Bob has had a totally different introduction to martial arts that I'd have and it was really cool hearing about his shared interest in martial arts and in fitness. I know from this conversation I'm taking new practices into my life whether it's my real estate, my business life, my fitness life or my martial arts life. Bob has got things down to a science and I think anybody watching could really learn something from our conversation so I hope you enjoy this podcast with my friend Bob Matag. And well, what's funny is because I didn't even realize you've done Muay Thai. Like, how long have you done martial arts in general? Oh, God. I started when I was 15. So that was in 1985. Wow. Yeah. Doing uh, Taekwondo? No, no. Just karate. Just started with like karate, Kempo Karate, you know, a bunch of different, different styles. But back then, Muay Thai wasn't really popular, you know? Yeah. Kickboxing yeah. was, eh, you know, it was infancy. I mean, I was from Massachusetts, so Rich, Vas- Rich Vasipoli was like the kickboxing place, right? Right. I'm n- not many people. I mean, that's just going back in the day. If you were from Massachusetts, you know that name, you know? Mm. And then, um, but it just kind of transitioned. Then I started taking Kung Fu. And nice. that, that I took Northern Praying Mantis from a, from a guy who took um, – Bruce McCory, who's in like Peabody, Massachusetts, he he was uh, a six don in like Taekwondo or something like that from Yuri. And then he also was taking Kung Fu, but, you know, he kind of got banned from the system, we'll say. And then so but he kept teaching it because he was he was a high ranking, you know, uh, Northern Prairie Mantis Kung Fu guy. But but in, in back. But anyways, I'm not like a traditional kung fu guy right i always like to blend things together it, it to app to apply to fighting right you so. sound like bruce lee yeah <laughs> that's that was like one of his famous lines lee, man if you see any yeah. my whole do, home dojo is covered in bruce lee posters everywhere what a better 
like who could you have better hanging on the wall of your you call it the home dojo right like he is such a pioneer when it came to martial arts he was like one of the first person to uh when he came up with uh jkd it was focus mitts tie pads like he was really like i'm gonna use all different implements of different martial arts and and put them together what a powerful role model absolutely absolutely and i you know i just i like that he was kind of like the underdog you know what i mean so um you know he he kind of wanted to change things and go against the grain you know with traditional martial arts i mean back in the day, you know, you had to get permission to teach Kung Fu, you know, in, in Chinatown and when it came to the U S and you just couldn't teach to anyone. Right. So he kind of went against that grain. If you watch his movies, like they talk about it, you know, but it's kind of more, they will say it's more cinema, you know, where they kind of add their own spin on it. But generally speaking, that's just how it was. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, if an American wanted to learn Kung Fu back in the day, they just, couldn't do it because it was like and, and that's even happens today in like in china you know like certain things are just kind of like mysterious that's why kung fu gets a bad rap mm-hmm. you know but there's people that have crossed over that had a traditional taekwondo kung fu background that did very well in the ufc and other places because Wonder Boy Thompson. Said, yeah exactly and they yep. said you know i want to keep my traditional roots but everything is the same like if you look at the old school techniques you can't change things up too much, right? I mean, everything comes from the same roots. You know, a, a punch is not, not just a punch and a kick is not just a kick, but there's always these different variations, but it's still a punch and a kick, right? It's just how the practitioner applies it. But and that's what really the focus is. It's the practitioner, not the style, right? Yeah, right. And, and, and if you can branch off, like even if you're watching the new Karate Kid, uh, the new new season four, they're talk. that's what they're talking about, a bl- bl- blending styles, right? And I think that's so important to have that openness to say, my style is not perfect, right? There's it, and, I, and if you can blend out and go into different areas and say, what can I take that's useful, like Bruce Lee, right? What can I take that's useful and apply it to me in my situation? Not everyone wants to be a fighter, right? Not everyone, some people are just a major hobbyist. And I mean, back in the day, if I was younger, you know, 20s, 30s, I would probably want to go in the ring and just get it out. Right. Have you but, ever had a, had a fight or a competition? No, I haven't had a fight. I did point fighting, which was looked down upon, but still fighting. I loved it. Still badass. I, used to, I used to go to tournaments and, you know, kick people in the face and get disqualified and stuff like yeah, that. Right. You know? All right. It's funny. You said about blending techniques because, uh, I, I was telling the story. My, my instructor is very, uh, more of a, like a traditional tie. Like if you, mm-hmm. if you watch the videos of, people actually doing Thai boxing in Thailand. That's the kind of techniques that he shows. And I remember there was uh, one guy at my uh, wife's cousin, Jim um, D Simone's. He mm-hmm. was getting ready for a fight and he wanted me to uh, get him ready to do some rounds. And he did a, an ax kick to me and mm-hmm. I have never learned how to defend an ax kick. And mm-hmm. I grabbed the back of my head, but I still had that pocket on the side of mm-hmm. my head mm-hmm. and his heel smacked mm-hmm. me right in the eyeball. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, now yeah. my game has some holes in it because that that gave me a black eye that day. <laughs> oh my god, man, that's crazy! But you see that now, now traditional Muay Thai, Boran, I think I pronounced it right. They had a lot of those different types of move: axe kicks, hatchet kicks. I love those techniques, you know. Yeah. And when I start started ta- teaching, you know, taking Muay Thai, kickboxing, Dutch kickboxing, I people when I started using axe kicks, 
and those different types of kicks, they're like, oh, what are you from Taekwondo? Do you have a Taekwondo background? I'm like, no, I don't have a Taekwondo background. This is just kicking, right? Yeah. And But I think you can blend those styles. And that's why if you go in on social media into a lot of these private groups that are Muay Thai focused and you do anything from the norm of traditional standard Muay Thai, then people will say that's not Muay Thai. But Muay Thai even has different styles within that system. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's just Dutch, where do you come from? Like Sanchai, he comes from a different style of Muay Thai than someone else. Right. Yeah. Then Bukau, right? So there's all these different, I, I mean, I love martial arts and I look at all different styles and obviously I'm not an expert, but I like to learn as much as I can at my age and try to be the best I can just for myself, mind, body. That's really why I do martial arts. You know. Well, what was back in, I think you said 85, what was like the piece that really made you interested in martial arts to begin with? You know, back then, you know, I, I used to get into like, I know I just wanted to be stronger as a person, right? As a kid, you know, I got, you know, I don't say bullied, but I did get in little spats and things like that in school. I just wanted to protect myself. And back then there was um, just the rise of ninjutsu, right? (laughs) Back in the eighties, everything was like ninja, ninja, ninja. So, but, and so when I started getting into martial arts, that became really popular. And they used to have like ninja camps, even though it wasn't real ninjutsu schools, but every school put on these ninja camps, you know? Yeah, my buddy and Dennis it, had some it funny was crazy, stories about but, ninja uh, camp. What's that? I said my buddy, my buddy Dennis has some funny stories about him doing ninjutsu and ninja camp and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's just really crazy. So um, that kind of like sparked my interest, but also just, just getting into martial arts. I just wanted to try something different and, and you know, grow you know, as a person, you know, even back then just to get stronger and things like that. And I just took a really liking to it. My cousin got into it. He's like a, you know, I think a master level in Kempo karate and he went Whoa. through and he owns a school in Massachusetts and all that. So there's a lot of different things that, that kind of led me to that. And then I just, you know, started with different, I started taking different styles, but then I had a, a time where I stopped martial arts. There was a time when I actually stopped for a while. I didn't train or anything. And that was the reason for that. What's that? What was the reason for that? Uh, Life. Yeah. Life got in the way and I thought things were more important. Business, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, business, life, different things. You, you chase the dream, you know, you have a family and, you know, things, other, other things come in your life. I mean, I dabbled in a little here and there, tried to pick it up, tried to get my sons in it to, emulate through them and say, Oh, okay. You know, try to, but that didn't, but you know, I just didn't really like my son in Syracuse started taking Jikundo, Right. And right. that's when they were at the mall. And then he didn't last too long with that. And, but I never said, I'm going to go do that. Right. It was, that was a time in my life where I kind of was, I just kind of not, not gave up, but I didn't think I, I let other things take over my martial arts training, which was a mistake. Huge which mistake. is kind of funny because like, if, like I, this is really the, probably the second time I think we've ever talked, but just mm. through Facebook, like I get to know that you're just very adamant about like making sure you carve time to work out. It's it's so ironic that like that Bob in the past has now made this Bob today because that's, you love working out. Like you're doing it every single day, right? Every day, every day. Yeah. yeah every day so far for 20 months, every single day, uh, no breaks. Um, obviously, um, Sunday was supposed to be just a super stretch day, but I still work out. And sometimes I'll every other 
Sunday, I'll hit pads. We'll go to the gym and my coach on private lessons and we'll do a lot of pad work, technique work, things like that. He just puts me through a crazy workout for 90 minutes. You know what I mean? Nice. And, and so, but other than that, um, yeah, it's just become part of my life now that it, it's, it helped me so much just health wise. Right. I mean, when you get older, you're not there yet, but when you get older, <laughs> you know, things start to change your joints and things happen. So I want to remain flexible. I want to keep up with the youngsters at the gym, throw those <laughs> kicks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Really, really right. mess with them. You know, last night, a class, we, uh, we're doing some nice, um, you know, front teeps into low kicks, those types of drills. Right. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, this would be good with a jump spin and back kick, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> and then right. they're like, oh, oh, what? You know, You're already so, taking so, like, oh, I could do this at home. I could do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But no, but but that's the whole other thing, right? So I kind of made my life part of my business, business life all together where I said, I want to change my environment. So so when we bought our the house we're in now, you know, I have the home dojo. So I made it into, it's over the garage. So I made it into a whole gym, we'll say. And then when COVID came, you know, and things shut down, this was perfect. You know, I just worked out there and I still do. And now I transferred my lower half of the garage into a gym too. So my wife is really upset that I took over the whole garage, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. You but you know what? If, if I would lived on a – I always say this. If I lived on a big piece of property, I would build like this huge like dojo, right? And then yeah. invite everyone over. I'd have like 10 bags in a row just like yep. come on over, you know? One of my dreams is to have like a – to get up a giant like – two-door pole barn that's what i'm talking lay concrete about. and put a giant yeah, ring man. Middle, you know yeah like that's that's some goals for uh future Corey one day that's right that's <laughs> right you do that right and you have a, you have a nice pond in the back and just real serene and it's just but people won't get this unless they're really into like that whole spiritual mind body and then the, yeah. the whole body workout in the in the martial arts right you got to have mm -hmm. that component to be really grounded with those martial arts but that's yeah. enough of, I mean, I know you're talking with me, but man, when did you get martial arts? Oh man. Um, when I was younger, I was like, I think it was like nine. I was okay. doing karate. It was uh, at La Valley's. It was muddy. Oh, Valley's. Okay. Karate. Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. like you could be like a power ranger, right? That was their whole shtick. Yeah. 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 And we did it for, I think I did it for like a year and then, uh, it was just too expensive for my family. And I was like, damn, I really loved it. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then fast forward to uh, 2009, I was always watching UFC fights with my buddies, uh, Mike and Eric. Yeah. And then um, they were already training at Taikai. They're doing, uh, they're both doing Muay Thai. Mike was doing Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. Okay. And I remember watching Anderson Silva versus Forrest Griffin. That yeah. was the fight that yeah. I watched that I was like, I have to, I have to get into martial arts. This was amazing. What it, what I have to get back into this. What it, what did Anderson Silva just do? And they were like, well, that's a form of Muay Thai. And I was like, what? He didn't even get touched. They go, well, you know, Anderson Silva's probably one of the goats at the time. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's just how he is. And for me, it was like 2009. I think that was fight was like in August or September. Signed up uh, Tai Kai that year. And uh, I've been doing it ever since. Um, yeah. But I only did jujitsu for like the first three years. Got just because I didn't have the, I didn't really have confidence to go on the, the other yeah. side of the school. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then probably, uh, I would say, I don't know, 2012, 2013 was when I started doing jujitsu. So yeah. been doing it ever since. And it's now it's 
like like you said, it's not a part of my daily routine. I don't get a chance to go every day, but definitely a part of my weekly routine. I get to yeah, do absolutely. I get absolutely. to do it twice a week, and that's good enough for me to to feel good. Yeah. And with some workouts too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, as long as you incorporate it into your into your life, you know, and that's the thing, and you and you can impact others because you teach and all that stuff, right? So right. Right. And that's, that's the greatest thing about it. And there's more and more people, I think, in the younger generation that that want to learn, you know, kickboxing, Muay Thai, that type of art and jujitsu, especially. I mean, I've yeah. never dabbled in that. It's something yeah, I might do, but I'm a I'm a stand up guy. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I like, you know, I just like that whole thing. I mean, not that I couldn't roll a bit, but I'm no I'm a novice like way down at the level, right? So <laughs> not only are you but you're also just like striking. So it's like it's a it's a double meaning right there. Yeah, yeah, I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, you know, like I said, I'm a hobbyist. So I mean it's all good. But uh no martial what arts. What is really cool though is like you also are a big proponent. Like not a lot of people when they first think of martial arts, they think of the uh like the physical aspect to it. But there's also a whole other mental aspect to it too like you were talking about earlier um that it's like mentally good for you you know mm-hmm. like do you think that you doing martial arts every day improves your overall like attitude do you think you are quicker to think on things or how does it make you feel mentally absolutely i think it's the best you know good drug in the world i mean People don't understand that when you exercise martial arts or do that high level, I mean, think about this. I mean, I remember the times, the days, you know, like I said, when I kind of put martial arts aside, didn't exercise like that. And by three, four o'clock in the afternoon, I was tired. You know, I was ready to be crash. Right. And I can tell you this. I mean, if I, I usually work out in the afternoon, that's my thing. Or at night we go to class. Right. So I kind of pick my optimal times, but I'll tell you this, if once I work out, I'm wired. I mean, my brain's just like on hyperdrive, right? I can yeah. be creative. I can write better. I mean, all those things happen when you exercise. It's just, it's a, it's a whole, you know, it really, it really opens up your brain. Anyone will tell you that if they exercise at a higher level, that it's, it, there's something else that you feel, you know, that's different. And, and it's hard to explain that to people especially someone that just dabbles in it or they think they're exercising hard. You have to push yourself. It's an intensity factor, right? Yeah. And you have to really tap into that. And it's just, it's almost like you in martial arts, the flow when you get in the zone, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. And if you can, you know, tap into that in, in your life and have that carry over, then you can be more creative and you can yeah. do those things in life, you know? Yeah. It's, it's funny because like, uh, it, you said like you that the mental clarity and last night when i went to jujitsu it's there's always that point in the workout where your mind starts telling you ah oh, we're done we're tapped out we're done for the day we're let's let's just call it quits right here and i let that part of my mind win last night i got Ooh. to five rounds so i rolled five rounds and then i was like oh my god i feel terrible and i let that part of my mind win and on my drive home i'm like i should have stayed for more rounds i should have stayed for at least three more and make it to eight you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's funny is like once you push past that part though you never think of it like if i just rolled one more round it wouldn't have been a, a thing in my mind it just would have right. been let's 
grapple. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. This is a dick thing. Rather than me giving into that temptation of, of quitting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I call it the lesser self, right? You lesser self, you gave into your lesser self. And it just that little, you know, inkling that like, oh, okay, I'm going to give up. Right. And that you let that happen. It took control of your body it happens in, you know, combat sports and fights, yeah. you know, people give up too early, you know, and that's why some people have they're better in the third round and fourth round, right? Than the mm -hmm. first, you know, they, they do get better as they go because they're able to clear their mind. They're able to, you know, break through all those things where I'm getting tired or, you know, I'm, I'm not going to win or whatever that is. And those are the same things like you can apply in life. I mean, right. it's just, I think martial arts is awesome for people if they understand it, but everyone doesn't have the same goals. You know, every, some yeah. people are using martial arts as fitness, right? That's why you see all these, these nine rounds pop up and, you know, title boxing, which I took for a little while to get back in shape, which was awesome. But you know, those, those are more focused to, I want to get in better shape. You know, mm -hmm. my technique doesn't have to be perfect. So there's all these different things, but in the end of the day, it's you're moving, you're doing something. So that, that I celebrate and whatever yeah. it is. Right. Right. There's some people who don't even, won't even do uh, like a walk a day, no. you know? So if you're out there doing martial arts and you're, kicking stuff and you're doing 10 rounds like applaud you even if it was just two or three you know what i mean yeah 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 i'm always trying to like plus i'm in this program that's called grit and we have to uh exercise every single day that's also kept me why i started doing this and we have to write every day it's called yeah. it's, it's it's actually called story athlete right and so the thing about it is that every day i encompass that with my martial arts but i try to keep everything at like 45 minutes to 60 minutes a day Mm -hmm. And then every, every week we have to do a 5k run. Um, I also incorporate a lot of hill climbs, things like that. But when you're bored, me talking about this, just let me know. I'll shut up. No, dude, this is great. This is, this yeah. is awesome. It, like, how do you, uh, besides that, just in terms of longevity, cause you're doing it every single day. Do you structure your workouts and like, okay, so today is punches only tomorrow. I'll do knees and kicks. Like do you separate it like that? Or is it just balls of the wall? We do everything every day. That's a really good point. So just like kind of like people that lift weights, right? They have different days, right? They'll have leg day. They'll have, you know, back, you know, back and buys or whatever, right? Chest and tries. They'll do that. And that's how I do that with martial arts as well, if I can. So I, I and then, so, and then like this week, we'll say this past week. So let's say I did just striking only. And then I would do kicks only, right? And then I, then the next time I do workout, I'll combine both of them. So mm -hmm. it'll be strike your strikes and kicks combined, right? Cause you just can't leave one without the other, but it's really taught. It's really do, going back to the basics every time and making it fun and creative. And then maybe bringing in something from my Kung Fu training, maybe like a form, right. Or maybe doing a weapons, a weapon training. Um, so something like that. And then in between with the grit, I'm doing strength and conditioning, endurance, cardio, those types of things. And we have really high intensity focused workouts uh, where it might be 12 minutes. We call it the 12 minutes of death. And what that is, is basically 12 <laughs> minutes, you're going straight nonstop. And people hear, say, oh, 12 minutes, that's not hard. But when you're doing oh. burpees and other exercises for 12 minutes, yep. that's that's a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, but I do a lot of band training, cool down training, you know, a lot of stretching, dynamic, you know, static stretching, just all these different things. You have to blend everything together because you can't just be real top heavy with, you know, working just your legs, right. Or just yeah. your hands. I mean, in martial arts, you've got to be well-versed, you know, so 
Um, and that was actually one of, one of the questions was because you're working out so much, do you feel like you have to get really creative with your workouts to keep yourself engaged? Or is that you're pretty self-motivated and you don't really need that? I'm very self-motivated, but that's why when I had the home Jojo dojo, I went overboard. Like I'll have every bag, you know, I'll have, I'll have the double end bag. I'll have, you know, <laughs> a couple different heavy bags from the banana bag to another bag. Then I have this other, this other type of apparatus. And then do you have so a, always, an aqua bag? I have an aqua, not an aqua bag, but I have a wrecking ball. So Ooh. that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, the round, the round one. Yeah. And so that's good for like uppercuts and hooks. And even like, if you're doing your, you know, your, um, check kicks, Muay Thai, like just, you know, you know, you're doing like sets of 20, you know, those kicks that make you go crazy at the end of pad work. Yeah. So, um, you know, things like that, but I like to mix up to, so I have all those things in my dojo so I can do all those things, you know? Yeah. And, right. And then, and then, um, you know, just road work with running, like I said, hill climbing, going in the woods, nature, those types of things I, I, I really like to do. So, um, but yeah, you, you got to mix it up because it can, it can get boring for sure. If you don't. Yeah. And that's what I like about a lot of what you do is it's very, uh, it's like one day you got like a weapons training video up and then the next day you're like, I'm doing boxing today. And then yeah. today I'm practicing <laughs> Kung Fu. And then it's like, it's very, yeah. it's very all over, which is great because it's like for somebody who needs something different. Like if I did a kettlebell workout every single day, I think I'd get, I think I'd get sick of it after a while. Yeah. Yeah. But if you change things up, it kind of keeps your like mind engaged with things. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And even kettlebells, like I, I said, you know, how else could I utilize kettlebells to fit to martial arts, right? Um, and then it, you know, you can use kettlebells for different strain training for martial arts, right? So there's oh, all these the different. Best. What's that? One of the best. One of the best purchases I've made was a 35 pound kettlebell, and then I have two 51 pound kettlebells. Wow, they're that's like the best. Heavy. Dude, they're so they're so versatile, yeah. and they they're so great for martial arts because everything you're doing with a kettlebell is all about movement, like yeah. kettlebell swings and mm-hmm. uh, clean and presses. Like this is all like yes. total body movement, you know? Yes, yes, yes. And even I do a lot of light weights, high reps. So even like side to side kettlebells for stance training and hip mobility and things like that, right? So you can really use those. I you know, and then, and then also. Um, just, just adding everything in, like even putting a rope in my, in my garage and doing, you know, on the slip rope, you know, doing slips and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Um, just all getting really creative ladder drills. I mean, you got to encompass everything for it. So it's total body. Right. So you, cause it, cause you get kind of used to the certain things. So after a while your, your muscles don't ache anymore and you're like, Hmm, something's getting too easy here. Maybe I haven't right. worked this other muscle group as much. Right. Um, and that's what happens. Like, like a couple, I think I was a week ago, I did like tons of ax kicks and your hamstrings after that, I could feel them like, okay, I got a good workout. You know what I mean? Yeah. You it's feel like, like you could head kick like Andre the giant after. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, so do you, is there a certain workout that you do cardio wise that you feel like has the biggest impact on, on your, uh, gas tank? You know, um, at one time I couldn't do a lot of bag work, but now I love bag work and mm-hmm. I just love mixing it up from, you know, really powered and to speed. But I would say just doing those basic movements like burpees and all that, like circuit training, you know, 
like maybe running a quarter mile if I'm in my garage on the treadmill. Then after that, you have to do, you know, two minutes of bad work, run back on. Then you're doing another exercise. So I love like that mixing it up, circuit training and things like that. But cardio, cardio to me, I, I, I got so much, I'm getting better at it, we'll say. And, and I, it's something that you always struggle with no matter where you're at. There's yeah. always something else you can do that's going to challenge you. Like fight cardio is different than running cardio. As yep. I always say, there's so many different versions of cardio because you think you're in shape until you try something new. And then right. you're like, man, or you, or you haven't sparred in a while. And then you go spar and you, you're changing, you know, opponents, you know, different students in the gym. And you're like, man, what's up with my cardio tonight? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. It's so funny how cardio is so different. Like you think, like if you are getting ready for a fight, like running a 3K in the morning, that's always good to get the body moving and stuff. But like the cardio for boxing or Thai is also different than yeah. jiu-jitsu cardio or yeah. uh, uh, biking cardio. Like yeah. it's just so weird to me. Like you think like all this stuff would be all in the same because your heart rate's racing, your body's working. But it is completely different. It's so different. Absolutely, man. It's so different. Cardio is just like, people don't understand it. Having that cardio, I mean, especially as you get older, you just got to, you got to work on it, you know? And that's why I don't stop because I know if I take, if I take a long break, it's going to be hard to start up again. You know what I mean? Right. Your body, your body remembers, but it's also says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do we want to do this again? You know? And it's like, yeah. Right. (laughs) Is there... There's somebody like a certain martial artist that you kind of look to for like inspiration on stuff. Um, you know, like I said, Bruce Lee, obviously, but there's just, I like to take from different people. You're right. And I, and, and I've been really trying to make it a point, like going around and trying to, to, to be with different martial artists and go to seminars and things like that. It's challenging because where they are across the country, but I've been fortunate enough to, be in some great seminars and learn from some people and emulate them. I like to really study everyone, different moves for people and say, how can I use that move and that technique? So it's blended. I don't think I, I don't think I have a favorite. I think it's, I, I just grasp who makes the most sense, you know, yeah. in martial arts. Who, yeah. I can find, who applies it correctly and it's practical, right? Yeah. That's, I think the really thing, cause there's a lot of nonsense out there with martial arts, like every industry and you got to kind right. of sit through and say, what's, what's really practical and what's not, you know? Right. And I think that's, I think that's a big barrier why a lot of people don't get into martial arts is cause they see the, the video of the guy, four people on him and he just goes, ah, and all five of them burst <laughs> off him. Like they see that stuff and they're like, ah, that's Muay Thai. Yeah. I don't want to do that stuff. And you're like, no, that is not it. That is there's, not it, man. That is all right. Not there's it. just so much enjoyment, at least that I get out of it. Not only is it because it's a mental workout, but it's also yeah. a physical workout. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? And, and you know, I in my challenge is like I like being with the younger guys, you know, the guys that are 20, 30, and I like to push myself to say, you know, I want to keep up with these guys, right? I don't in my gym in kickboxing and say they don't, there's not a lot of older guys in jujitsu there is, but not so much in kickboxing. I don't, right. I mean, I get it. It's a little tougher on some people, but, um, it's mostly a younger crowd. I like that actually. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking of that, I'm like, I'm thinking the structure of the classes and I'm like, I don't think there, when I first started, there was, uh, there was two, they're probably like in their fifties that were doing it, but I mean, they were there for like a year and okay. fade it out 
you know yeah it's yeah it's like that's a good point bob i never thought of that now that i'm trying to rack my brain i'm like we got a lot of old people in jiu-jitsu that weren't mm-hmm. knee braces and oh. taping up their fingers because their Absolutely. joints are all messed up <laughs> but i can't think of many older people other than maybe my instructor who do yeah like yeah you know it's it's that's why you know people that are over 50 in that type of combat sports are celebrated because it's like man you know you're still doing it over 50 and 50 is not old, but there are some people that battered their body up and it's hard for them to get moving. Or they had injuries along the years, right? A lot of yep. knee, re- knee replacement, you know, shoulder, this, that. And so that's the other thing. I, I have to train smart. So you have to train really smart and you have to understand the training. And I try to play it safe and uh, I don't want to you play it safe. Are you picking like the right, like the, uh, when you go to class, you're like, Ooh, I know Steve can push me but he's a great partner and won't hurt me do you keep that stuff in mind or do you just like i'm not really worried about anyone hurting me not to say like i'm not saying like conceited but it's not really about that i think i think it's more of like sparring now sparring's different so my wife will not let me spar anymore i cannot go to the friday night sparring so, no sparring no sparring for me not no even sparring. time sparring you know just if we're in class and we're doing you know back and forth drills and stuff like that that's one thing but as far as like sparring like a dedicated night to sparring i'm banned from that and it yeah and because honestly i i like to go hard and then mm-hmm. and the biggest problems i had was my feet so um but i would love to i love to spar so that's the only thing i really miss is getting in rounds of sparring with different people and trying different things because I, I started to think about, you know what, I'm not going to go all freestyle when I was sparring. I'm going to start to say, what am I going to work on today with this guy? And even though he doesn't know what I'm going to work on, I might just do front teeps and jabs and front teeps and maybe low kick. And I'm going to work on that technique to see how it is. And maybe in the next guy, I'm going to switch my stance or maybe I'm going to do this, or maybe I'm going to use more of this type of guard, right? So I think that's what I miss because I'm more educated on sparring since I've been doing this, where I'm now I would be more focused on protecting myself because I'm focusing on a particular drill. I'm not I'm not really doing freestyle sparring, if that makes any sense, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Because what, what I what I started doing in, in my class was the last like 10 minutes is usually, I would say like 15 yeah, 10, 15 minutes is usually like a workout, but I've been doing uh, more time sparring Yeah, and giving them like it's positional time sparring. It's like, all right, so Bob and Steve are going to spar, but Bob, you can only use your jab or your hook and Steve can use any any kick, any punch that he wants. And it sucks for that person that can only use their front hand because then they really have to like really think about how they're setting things up and really like kind of slow it down a little bit. And it mm-hmm. kind of forces them to, to take those avenues. But I'm, yeah. I'm a big proponent. Like I love time sparring over hard sparring any yeah. day. I think time yeah. sparring is the way to go just in terms of longevity. And I think there, yeah. I think you accelerate quicker when you're going through the motions slower or you me if it, even if it's fast, it's not, nobody's knocking each other out. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's controlled sparring. And I think that's becoming more popular. I mean, um, you know, I mean, there are gyms that go hard, but they can still be controlled. Like they'll just go hard to the body. Right. Right. Um, and, and the people kind of, they, they know what they're getting, uh, in that environment. But I, I agree with you. I think time sparring is great. 
Um, we used to call it like one, two step sparring, you know, oh, those types of things where that's cool. You know, one person would go and then the other person would go, but they would have that technique, like you said, that you would right. only could do that move, right? Yeah. And and that's almost like like so you can work on your basics a little better, right? Right. And instead of just like throwing all these things together and mashing them up, and that's the thing. I mean, I'm I'm going back to my basics, like jab, you know, right cross, hook, low kick. You know, the basics of basics, right? Yeah. And and, yeah. and those are things that people don't want to practice. Or, you know, one time I did like. 10,000 kicks, uh, you know, it took me like nine hours to complete that day. And it's Jesus. like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. I got a video on it. Yes. Yeah, so, 10,000 <laughs> 10, kicks in a day. 10,000 10, kicks. Yeah, man. And, and so I broke wow. them up. It wasn't just one kick like Bruce Lee says, but I had to break them up because it was almost impossible. You know, I mean, so I did like low kicks and then mid range kicks and then front kicks and then this, but I end up doing 10,000 kicks. Um, How long did it take you? Nine, eight, nine hours. Oh my goodness, man. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. I, to take, I took, I took an I took like an hour break between, uh, just to like recoup, uh, because yeah. I'll tell you this, it was, it was tough. It was tough. I mean, my, most I ever did before that was like, if I got a thousand kicks, it was, it was great. But I said, right. I'm going to really challenge myself. I have a video on it. I have a video. It was obviously it's, it's sped up, but, um, it, it was, it was, it was a good accomplishment for me because it showed me that, you know, not enough people do that. So every, no. every week I do a thousand kicks. So usually I break up 140. I have to do at least 140 kicks a day of something. Oh, wow. And, and so it comes out that it now it's like a thousand kicks a week. So I have to do that. So, you know, 4,000 and that's Jeez, it's hard. To, freaking 10,000 kicks in an entire day. I'm over yeah. here complaining about rolling for five minutes and you're like, ah, hey, kick 10,000 for well, nine. Yeah. I no. mean, but, th but that's the whole mind thing. Like if you told me that's to awesome. do that right now, I'd be like, hell no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 I'm not you gotta go prep yourself. Like that's that something was... that's like, uh, getting ready for a, like a marathon. It's not just something you just like, here yeah. I am marathon day, ready to go. That's something you yeah. gotta like. All right. So today I gotta hit like 2000, 3000 kicks next yeah, day. I'll hit yeah, a little yeah, bit. So yeah. it's like, you gotta build up to something like that. Yeah. And that's why I record myself too. People don't understand that because it holds myself accountable. It's almost like my coach is watching me, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's so it holds myself accountable. Um, and, that's and also why too, you get to watch yourself. Like that's probably one of the biggest things that I learned was uh, being able to watch yourself as a game changer. Like if you're just shadow boxing without a mirror or no camera, it's, it's still really good, especially if you shadow box with intention. But if, you don't watch yourself. You don't get to watch and, and coach yourself when like, yes, right. oh, I throw my rear kick and my left hand drops every time I throw the kick. It's like, oh, okay. I gotta yeah. Yeah, piece, man. You know? Yeah. That that's a rude awakening. I mean, I sometimes I'm like, damn, I look good today or damn this. I look awful. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, damn, I throw I'm a like, cross like what's that? What's going on damn. with that, man? <laughs> so, and, and, and so, I mean, I speed up all my, not all my videos, but the ones that are long, I have to speed them up, but you know, honestly, um, sometimes I'll be like, you know, my technique's good today. So I'm going to, I'll know, uh, you know, I'll just show parts of this video. It's, it's, it's definitely a challenge seeing yourself, you know? Yeah. You always think if you don't see yourself in your throwing kicks or whatever, you think like you have this thing in your mind that says I'm the greatest and I'm so fast. And then you play it back. You're like, I wasn't that fast. <laughs> you're like, your jab's going. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like you said, or you drop your hands a lot and all that stuff. And, and I think, I think with me, I don't like to post 
the videos in too many groups because you always get those keyboard warriors and, and they don't understand the context of your workouts. Yep. And they're like, they're making all these comments. You, you should have turned your hip more. You need to follow through more. You need to do this more. It's like, shut up, man. You don't even know, like, I just did X amount of kicks before that. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. So, that's so, that's the one negative to putting yourself out there like that is you're always going to have people who are going to be like, you should be doing it this way and you should be doing yeah, it that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, and the thing about, like I said, going back, you know, full circle here, when you mix up different martial arts, there's different ways to kick. There's different ways to throw a roundhouse kick and there's different ways to apply that kick. And, you know, in, in, and you can you know, throw an ax kick when you're sparring and, and tie. <laughs> yeah, you actually can. You can, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I mean, I like things like when you catch a kick, you're elbowing, you know, someone's like, yeah. <laughs> right, right. You know? but that's, that's just me. Like, you know, but I can't do that. Right. Obviously in the gym, but, the point I'm trying to say is like, there's so many different things you can do that uh, people don't understand because they don't understand because they haven't had that. We'll say that, that background in martial arts to say, okay, I know how to do spinning kicks and I know how to do jump spinning kicks and I know how to do this or that. And so, or different strikes, you know, I I'm still at the old school mentality. I love hammer fist strikes. Right. So if I would, you know, just boom, right to the body or something, right? So a lot of people are like, what is that? It's unorthodox or what's his back fist, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's just me. And it's like, I'm not a fighter, so let me have fun, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's just kind of it. But it's hard because people want to keep the lineage in a school and they want to keep it very traditional and they want to keep it to their style, which I respect. Like my coach, he has a certain style and, and I never, and I respect that. And I, I love it. Love it. And I like to emulate like him, but I'll throw other stuff in and he'll be like, don't do that. And I'm like, okay, I, I, won't, I, won't. <laughs> you know, I won't, you know, cause I respect, I respect his teachings. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing you have to respect your coach and where they came from and what they're trying to teach you. Um, but then you have to understand that you can go further, um, you know, with your mind body. You know? Yeah, that's one of my favorite things is when I teach on a Friday and say that I'm giving them like a uh, like a certain combo. Like say we're doing like uh, you're going to go jab cross. You're going to slip underneath the hook, step yeah. off to the side and we're going to hit a cross. Right. That's the drill yeah. working. I yeah. always laugh when there's the guy that's like, coach, can I throw a kick after you're like, yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> you definitely can throw a kick. Right. Like that's that's yeah. a definite. Yes. But yeah. that's just not the drill that we're doing. That's all the drill. Yeah, that's that we're right. That's on not it. the drill we're doing. Just stick right. to the plan. Just learn right. the drill. It's yeah. it's to your point. Like you could do that, and like there's nothing stopping you. But in the drilling purposes, I want you guys to focus on this because I that's want right. you to get that crossover. I want you to get the crossover to the guard, and not that's focus right. right now on leg kicks. We'll do that another day. Yeah. That's that's the one that always cracks me up. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, and I can become kind of a spaz when I, martial arts, I just get wired up. So I got to just focus and just be like, that's, that's all we're doing. That's what we're going to do. That's it. You know? Right. Right. I'm not going to add all these other, other things into it. You can, and your mind can work after that. Like, Oh, I could have done this and that, but just follow the drill. Just shut up. The biggest thing with me <laughs> in martial arts is, is people just talking too much in class and joke and, and not taking it seriously. When I'm there, I sweat a lot. I'm a sweater. Right. And, and I, I work hard, man. And I just, and, and some people probably think like, what's, what's Bob's deal. It's like, I'm there for a very specific time to get yep. the most I can out of my coach, out of the, whoever's oh. teaching class that night. I'm oh. just there to focus and just shut the hell up. I'm in the zone. 
I get it. I don't want to talk. Even like when we're doing leg conditioning, you know, uh, the other night and, you know, we do this drill, you probably do it just leg conditioning, right? Where someone's standing there and you're doing like a jab outside low kick and then jab cross inside low kick, all those things, right? But there's people on that are just like going really soft. Now this is leg conditioning, right? They're going really soft. They're talking about things and, and I get it. Everyone likes to do it, but they're having this major conversation as they're doing. I'm like, how are you possibly doing this workout right dude we're one the same i am the same way when i go to class it's also yeah. I, that has been one of the focuses over the past i would say couple of years for me because i felt like like my time especially with with ashton is and uh, to get to muay thai is tougher for me so when i do get to make it i'm like i cannot i can't mess around like i i haven't been to an actual class in months so mm-hmm. i get this one monday that i can go where the schedule's freed up, I am going to take it seriously because I might not get another class to go to to another month, mm-hmm. barring real estate schedules. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like when I'm there, I'm locked in and I'm working hard. I like if I can leave there and I sweat my ass off, I have accomplished what I mm-hmm. wanted for the day. That's Absolutely. like the biggest thing for me and it's so funny you said that because i in my class i'm always like have a good time i want you guys to laugh i put music on so you guys have a tempo and a beat to to hit things to yeah. but at the same time i'm like guys focus on the drill i don't, I don't right. sorry i love you guys but i don't give a shit what you're doing this weekend that's practice right. your jab cross hook let's go that's right that's right that's right and in there they can't get mad at you it's not like you're you're beating them with a your stick like in the old days right yeah i mean you're basically like there to really push people too and push yourself as well. And I think that's something that just irks me. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I guess it's just me. I don't that's know. That's funny. No, it's two of us, man. It's two of us. Yeah, Is yeah. uh you had said earlier, I, I forgot I wanted to ask you, you had had a chance to go around and check out all these cool different seminars. Is there one teacher that you had a chance to partake in their class that you felt you got the most out of or that teacher connected with you the most? You know, the, the, the last gym I went to was up in Toronto, Canada. It was Bazooka Joe and, uh, the man, I, yeah, he's, he's, he's awesome. And, um, it was a really rushed time I had there and, um, but I was able to get in a class that he was teaching. It was actually a beginner class. Um, but it was really nice to be in that class and, um, and become a beginner, right? Because he yeah. does things very differently. And I was even stumbling. So someone would be like, yeah, this guy's a beginner, you know, but um, it was really good to meet him, um, you know, get some signed autographs from him on some tanks and stuff like that. So what was it um, about his teaching that you feel like? Um, I just, I just like the way that he moves. Right. And I like just like his, his concepts and he's comes from a traditional background, Taekwondo. And he just understands that he blends a lot of that forward drills, but he always ends with a very powerful kick and it could be a spinning wheel kick. It could be a high kick. It could be a low kick, but he just has a good movement about him um, that he understands the mechanics of, of putting those combos together. That's what I really liked about him. And I, and his structure on his gym was very good. I mean, it was like, you lot basically it was really strange. Like, so he has a bunch of parts to his studio, to his uh, gym, but when the class it's on a timer and he always, he, I notice he ends right on the dot and the next group is lined up 
outside, like before you go in and take your shoes off, they're lined up in the lobby area, just lined up. So then when that, that class ends, they just file in and then you don't get a lot of warm up, which was kind of strange to me. Cause normally I like to go to the gym and like warm up, like stretch, like yeah. sometimes at 30 minutes, even before the class starts, I just like to do that. That's my routine. But there I was like, Oh, can I go warm up? Oh, well, we don't really have an area to warm up. I'm like, wow. Okay. This is, this sucks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said, like go in cold. Right. But you're in there and then like within five minutes, the next class is starting. It's very rigid and, but he's not a rigid guy, but when he's in class, he's very rigid. Mm-hmm. It's business. And that's what I really liked about his teaching. But he even said that he's like, you know, I'm not trying to be a jerk or I'm trying to be like that. Just, just, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, it, but we are there to learn, right? All right. No mess around time. And everything was very high, fast pace. There was not a lot of breaks in between each session, each thing he was teaching. And so it was like within that hour, you got an hour of workout, you know? Yeah. Right. It yeah. Was, that's was really good. That I, I really like that because it's almost like he's setting the tone that he, he very much respects everybody's time. You know, oh, it's yeah. like you're here for an hour. I'm going to cram as much as I can into the hour. Cause I want you guys to walk away with as much as possible. And I, yeah. I always felt like Joe didn't get the love that he deserved. I mean, he doesn't get any so underestimated. His channel yeah. is so awesome. I, I'm even on his uh, subscription, monthly subscription. It's nice. so cheap. It's like nine ninety nine a month, ten bucks a month, and and he he delivers this content out every month. And like I watch the videos, and I'll incorporate those in my training. So that's another thing I do. I that's the other thing I do is I take from other people and say, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to work on that today, right? Yeah. Or I'm going to incorporate that type of training into today's, you know, workout. Like for instance, um, in, in the Asian culture, you know, it's the year of the water dragon, right? I'm mean, water, ti- water tiger, sorry. And basically, um, so, you know, coming up in one of my workouts, I'm going to do all tiger forms that I learned in my Kung Fu, right? And that's going nice. to be one of my workouts. So, but, but I'll tell you this, I mean, it's so awesome. Like that some people don't, well, I shouldn't say it's awesome. Some people get the recognition they deserve. But some people don't. And Bazooka Joe, his channel is so underrated. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. The content that he produces is amazing content. And I use yeah. a lot of his workouts in my workouts. Mm-hmm. You know? I think he was uh he was champ before Glory started really getting popular. I think he was yeah. champ like around the first few glories. Yeah. And I remember when I heard Glory was coming on TV. Man, where did it maybe it was online? I can't even remember how I saw the first few of them. I was like, this is going to catch on in America. This is going to blow up. And it kind of just like kind of flatlined. I mean, they have great fights, yeah. but there's just something, I don't know what it is about kickboxing. It doesn't seem to like entice people like, like MMA. It does. it, uh, it doesn't even like the one, you know, one. And, and, and like you said, glory, it doesn't entice one, people just yeah. like Muay, just like Muay Thai. People don't understand it and it is such they're amazing fights even more entertaining than the ufc if people really got into it right yeah i right. mean it's amazing fast pace when you're seeing some of those fighters it's just amazing and especially and, in thailand a lot of people don't even realize that these people are fighting literally every single weekend I know. every I know. single weekend you have a fight yes so your training has to be vastly different than yeah the ufc yeah. fighter who fights three times a year yeah, like that style is so much different, and it's but it's so exciting to me. It's, it's so, so exciting. Like, it's so yeah, exciting. It's it's amazing. I'm not, I know Ty has 
heavy roots in in betting and gambling and that's not like for me for me it's like watching that first round mm-hmm. watch them feel each other out they're trying feel to each other out. find right. they're trying to see what they throw what their distance is second round right it picks up a little bit and then you hear the music start to pick up pace oh, and yeah, third yeah, round yeah, they're yeah. like they're going home they're going at it Right. Right, And it's to me, it's so exciting, but I just don't get why the general population isn't like, this is bonkers. Yeah. And you you never really notice that even though they're going so hard with their kicks and everything else that not everyone, people don't really get, I'm not going to say they don't get hurt because we don't see what the after effect is on someone's legs and all that from low kicks, but there it's still controlled. Does that make sense? Yeah. Very controlled because, because it's, they know where to place those kicks. They condition their body to take those kicks. And a lot of people criticize that they're not good boxers. That's not true. You know, there's a lot of good tie guys that can, that can throw a punch, knockout power and all that stuff, but it's very precise and controlled for the points and all that stuff, how they score, but it's very controlled, but they're still delivering powerful shots to the average person. They'd be devastated, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's that mentality that like, Hey, I got to fight next weekend. And if I get cut with my, on my forehead, I can't get a paycheck for six weeks until it's right. up. You that's know? Right. So that's like this train of thought is so much different than I know. like the UFC. Like I keep going back to UFC, but I mean, a, a good fighter fights three times a year, right? That's like a yeah. best. I would say average is probably two times a year. Yeah. So you have a very crazy fight camp for eight weeks or six weeks. And then you have your fight and then you're good for a little while. Them, they're like, all right, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm in the gym. That's right. <laughs> like, that's right. It's, crazy, it's such a man. it's such a crazy different mentality. It's such a different kind of world. I don't know. It's it's so cool. It's so interesting. It it's very interesting, you know. There's but I think martial arts, because of the UFC and MMA and all that, has really risen upward, we'll say. Yeah. Um, and there's still so much vast knowledge out there right and i still yep. think people hold hold traditional martial arts as very important as well and i think that also has with age you know that's why i said to you, you know muay thai and kickboxing you'll see a lot of the younger guys or uh, the older guys over 50 because then people move to the softer arts maybe it's aikido maybe it's jujitsu which is not really soft but they might move to that or some other style right tai chi or whatever right because they just want to continue their journey, but they just don't have the ability to go hard. And some people never really experience that harder style of martial arts, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I always define it. There is hard and soft, right? Yeah. In every style, there's hard and soft. And some people just haven't experienced that and don't want to experience it. They just mm-hmm. don't. You yep. know? I, you I, know, I remember my, I had a, a kickboxing fight and even with headgear, I got punched in the, in the dome. I was uh I was closing the distance on him. I had him against yeah. the cage, and my hands were up. And then his his he was a long guy. His arm went around my wow. head and slapped me right in the chin. And I remember <laughs> that being the moment where I was like, I don't want to fight. Like I'm doing this for free, and this guy just like snapped me in the dome. Like that for me, that was a pivotal moment where I was like, all right, I don't want to be a fighter. I think I would much prefer to be a coach, just so yeah. a I can produce more fighters in. B, by the time I'm 60, I would like to know the name of my son <laughs> yeah, and what his yeah. middle name is. You know what I yeah. mean? So for me, yeah. that was a pivotal point. Uh, yeah. And just in terms of going hard, you know, that's what I right. Mean? That's right. And, but, but, but you, but, but you just stepping in the ring proves something where fighters, 
want to, you know, learn from people that experience that. Right. Right. And, and you experience that adrenaline rush, getting hit in the head, all that stuff, you know, fight or flight mentality, like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? And you'll put back in the corner. So I think for you to transition over anyone, you have to go through that. You have to walk that mile. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's, I think that's fantastic. You know, like I said, that's something that I would have liked to experience just because, you know, right. Just if I wasn't, check it if off I wasn't married, because my wife would, my wife would like, kill me if I did that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, Brittany was my girlfriend at the time, and I remember um, because I was on the fence. Like I felt like going into this fight, I was like, I think this is something that I could do as a career, right? I was just working in retail. I was a retail manager, and I was trying to find yeah. what I wanted to do with my life. And I was like, I, yeah. could, I think I could really do this. And then yeah. I remember driving home from that fight, and my wife turned to me. She's like, Okay. So you don't have to answer me now, but if you're going to do this, you have to, we have to do this a hundred percent and go all in yeah. on this. Yeah. If you do not want to do it, then we should probably take a step back and not do it. Yeah. She's like you, you got to figure out what that path is. And it was so weird because I didn't tell her yeah. that in the second round, I ate a hook that I was like, Oh yeah. God, what am I doing in here? I don't want to be in yeah. this. <laughs> I don't want to be yeah. in this cage. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, I got to plug in my computer. Hold on a second. Run yeah. Yeah. Up. Sure. No problem. Yeah. So um, I know this is a long thing talking about martial arts, but what else do you want to talk about? I I was planning on talking about real estate, but holy oh, okay. cow. Just talk about it briefly. Like I said, I, I love I love martial arts. I don't know if you edit this Got video sucked out. down the, the rabbit hole of martial arts. It was no, not. No, it's a like, rabbit hole, man. If you get into, you get into rap, martial arts, but even real estate's a rap, big rabbit hole with me. I, I uh, kind of like to do things a little differently, you know? Well, this, this is a good point because this – is part of the reason, well, I would say, yeah, definitely part of the reason why I want to talk to you because you're a very advocate on your agent hybrid method, right? Yes. And you've been doing that for a while. What are you, are you able to explain what the, the hybrid method is and go into a little more detail what that looks like? Yeah. You know, you know, which is something that I, I'm going to be writing about today, which is becoming so common with a lot of agents is in that in the last mastermind groups I've been in, recently because i'm in a bunch of them everyone's just talking about this work-life balance right um and one of my mentors kind of shifted my thinking and he's like think of it as work-life integration not balance because i always was like trying to find this work-life balance so when i got into real estate you know back in 2006 um i was a hustler you know i hustled hard i uh just was all about i'm gonna grind it out you know, build teams, do this, that, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But then in the process, I lost something and I lost, like I said, I stopped doing martial arts, all those different things. And so I was always searching for this, you know, balance. And then I finally just said enough was enough. And that's when I said, you know what, I'm going to actually focus on more of like mind, body, business relationships. That was also something I learned from one of my mentors. And, and I just went on a different path to say, um, I can take care of clients, real estate clients at a higher level without me physically being there all the time. And cool. so at the, the agent hybrid method is about basically uh, running a remote business, not so much mm -hmm. like a virtual business, but a remote business where you can still take care of your clients to a higher level. And I believe, and I know you're in real estate, so this is no offense to anyone listening to this. It's in real estate, but 
I believe even at a higher level, because one of the things I've learned through real estate, you know, doing all these transactions in Syracuse was I was wearing so many different hats. I was running around yeah. being all things to all people. And one, and I was being, it was just crazy. I mean, cause I liked control. So I liked to, I liked to do everything. That was just me. So I was, I was going on listing appointments. I was showing properties, you know, to morning to night. I was doing this, doing paperwork, you know, all this stuff. And even though I was delegating those tasks, I still found it to be very hard to achieve this balance in my life. So, so in 2015, I made a shift and I said, I'm no longer going to uh, physically meet with clients and I'm going to run a totally different business but I'm still going to take care of that client. So that client can get in touch with me 24 seven, not really, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm never going to be in a, in a closing. I'm never going to be showing properties. I'm never going to be in listing appointments. The client, I'm going to handle all the back end stuff once the transaction's done. And then, but there'll be people on the ground. That's why it's hybrid to service those clients. And those people also have a specific role in real estate which means when they're at a showing, they're not picking up their phone, talking to another client. Their focus is 100% on that, on that client, point. taking care of them. And that's what's most important. Same thing with the listing appointment. When they're on a listing appointment, you know that client's now getting two agents for the price of one because they're getting me who's facilitating all the marketing, which doesn't mean much anymore in today's market, but all the <laughs> marketing, all the communication, I handle all the closings. I handle all the, we'll say the during unit, we call it. And so I handle all that. So the client is always able to get me on the phone. And we know in being in real estate that the biggest complaint most consumers have is communication with 100%. their agent, how they can, you know, where is their agent? And, and as consumers, they don't know really how real estate works. They don't know the internal workings until they, until they quit their job and get into real estate. <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> so they don't know how it works. So a lot of times, you know, they don't understand, they want a busy agent, but you know, they don't want an agent. Then if the, if you, if you heard that oh, you're working with an agent that doesn't sell any real estate and they have too much time in their hands, that's not good yeah. either. Right. So there's also this balance of what type of agent that clients should have. So but for me, I found it to be uh, able to provide service at a higher level to my clients where I'm not working out all day. You have to understand that. I'm not playing golf all day. All I do all day long is, you know, I run several different things in my businesses, but my focus is on my clients, you know, my real estate clients. And, and not every client can understand that though, because, you know, they wanted back in the day, they want to shake your hand right? They want to meet you face to face. Right. Um, and so that was a big mindset shift getting over and saying, well, uh, you don't have to meet me. I mean, today, believe it or not, it's not hard to sell real estate. Um, but people's consumers still want that connection. But if you have someone that's good on the ground, it's the hybrid part, like I said, and, and they emulate you, where you're not on the ground, then all that works together and the client's getting actually, like I said, double the care, right? Right. And so it's hard for a lot of agents to understand because they're not there yet in their, in their business. And I understand that. And they're not there yet in understanding where the market's going, we'll say with technology 
and the future of real estate where more and more things are going to happen this way, where there's less interaction, unfortunately, less human interaction, right? And when this happened, when COVID hit, I was already doing my hybrid thing. So already five went, years into it. And yeah, everybody everyone's else scrambling was just around like, like, oh, we got to do these virtual open houses now. And we got to do this and we got to do that. And I'm like, oh, God, you know, <laughs> it's not that difficult. So you're like, it, you were doing it, this for five years. Yeah. Yeah. It did, it, yeah. For about four years. It didn't phase me. Right. I was just like, yeah, whatever. It's business as usual. The only bad part was no one could meet anyone. Right. Yeah. Um, but but as far as Zoom calls and stuff, I've been doing that. Right. So when when someone calls me and even if you in even if you weren't doing what I do, it's good to just get on a quick Zoom call with someone and talk with them and say, hey, I'm Bob. Right. Like even when I email, I have a service where a lot of my emails that go out, I hit a button on my email provider and it creates a video and it goes out to them. Right. Nice. So that's automatic. So they're getting an email saying, Hey, I'm Bob. I just sent you the listings or whatever. Right. I mean, there's so many different things. Right. And, and, and then I learned about, you don't have to create all this busy work that agents create. They like agents love to be busy. They love to just like hustle it out. Like I said, be busy. But I, I, and I wrote about this too, cause I, you know, I'm a big writer, but it's the three it's all I have to do is three meaningful conversations a day. That's it. And those conversations could come from a past client. They could come from a lead opportunity. They could come from a referral, whatever it is. But if I had three conversations with people every single day about real estate, even if they're looking in six months or to a year or next week, that's three conversations. And if and I that's do always that a every phone single call day, that you do, what's that? Is it always a phone call? Yeah, like, like I physically get someone on the phone, talk yeah. with them, learn about them, make notes in my book of three because I have a book of three. And those three things every single day, even if that person is, um, you know, not ready today and those three things happen every single day and I write those down. And if I do four, five, six, great. But if I do three a day and if I'm short, I have to make sure I find someone to contact. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. So if I don't get those inbound, cause I get a lot of inbound calls just coming randomly. And if I don't get those inbound calls, then I have to find those, meaning you have to go back to your database, right? You have to find those things to do. And some people would say, well, why only three? Because that's super focused. That's all I have to do is three a day, which turns into a thousand a month, right? And even in, you're not going to convert a thousand people. There's not even that much homes to sell every month. But my point is that even if you had a five to 10% conversion rate, you're still doing 50 to hundred transactions a year. Wow. If you focus on that right. and that's it. And that's, the, that takes away a lot of like constraints of like, I have to do all this busy work with sending out mailers. Now that could be one of your pillars where you're doing farming, you're doing this, or maybe you're, I don't, I'm not an advocate of open houses, but if you're doing open houses and you're collecting a name and phone number, or you built a really good connection at that open house, that's one of your people for the day. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's all these different ways to get those people, but the biggest thing agents need is conversation. So that's my whole other piece of it. How can I, how can I run this business effectively, you know, by building these systems or, or just managing and, and being super focused with my tasks every day. And that's kind right. of what, that's kind of what I do. I don't, I, I, I cut a lot of the fat out, a lot of the marketing I used to do. I mean, I'm going to get more creative in this year and do a little more, um, push the envelope a little, but 
in general speaking sense, it's very super focused stuff. That's all. Is that the only thing you do? Is that the only part of your daily routine is calling somebody, just real estate daily routine of calling three people every day? Or is there more more pieces to the real well, estate? A lot of, well, a lot of the stuff's automated, right? So if a, if a new prospect comes in that I wasn't being able to physically talk to, that, um, you know, just randomly will say came in. I haven't talked to them yet. It was an opportunity. Like I said, I get a lot of inbound stuff because my, my, um, we'll say when I started real estate, it was about generating those leads. I was a big SEO guy. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be found on Google. And so I'm going back to some of my old traditional stuff. I did, you know, back to those things of creating that, you know, that we'll say, um, branding through the internet but that's who i was i was all about meeting strangers capturing people off the web right through lead forms through capture pages through websites through information that's kind of who i am and so for me um when an inbound lead comes in and i haven't talked with them i'm putting them in an automated system you know and they're so they're getting those follow-ups because it's like basically mailing someone something every single week right but you're doing it for an right. email i believe email marketing is still huge okay yeah it's funny and, you said seo uh i think i think you lost me here on the thing here. oh yeah i lost you on the video yeah uh i was i was gonna say the uh seo is uh one thing that i'm really trying to focus on for for this year yeah uh, just as, as something that i've never really put much effort or energy into and this year when i was looking at my google business page i was like there's one picture no reviews and doesn't give you much of anything so this year i'm really trying to focus on building out that that google business page and making sure people can find me when when they google you know yeah i i I was man i'll tell you (laughs) Back in the day, I was a big blogger and I would hire people just to write blogs and we would do market data reports and and trying to do keyword stuffing and trying to have this program or that program and trying to rank and the algorithms back in the day before Penguin and Panda on Google. I mean, that's that was me. I mean, I was learning everything about that. And back in the day, I created was going to create this course called Listing Syndication Ninja and it was teaching agents how to <laughs> you know do all the stuff. And then. The reason I stopped was I had this whole amazing thing on Facebook marketing because it was so different back then when I was doing it. And all of a sudden they changed everything and everything I wrote in that course just like was wiped out. Right. Uh, And it it depressed me so bad. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I'm giving this up. So, and and it was really, it was really cool. Like my approach to it, but I just gave it up. But, and then I found my, what I would do now, which is not really, I mean, I'm trying to help other agents become remote agents, but it's something I practice. You know what I mean? It's right. not something I just did, right? It's well, I yeah. Did. I also, I remember you had said on Facebook that you had started this in 2015, didn't want to teach anybody it until you had five years worth of data for yourself to right. show that the systems, the systems work. So Absolutely. now you're going into this, teaching these people how to work totally remote. And now you have like a great, data to to provide them what what did you do to keep track of the data was it just like total closed volume or was there a well, different metric? documenting my approaches of all my successes and failures like what i would encounter with just with clients questioning 
you know, certain things and how I overcame that and building systems around it, you know, how I better achieve those conversions and, you know, what kept me on track, you know, and what systems were more streamlined and what did I get rid of and what did I not need? Like a big, big part of that was Zillow. I, w- I was spending at one point like 6,000 a month on Zillow. Oh. You know, you have to understand five, six thousand a month, and and a lot of agents, some agents I knew, was spending ten thousand a month. Oh man, in Syracuse, I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy, and some agents are still spending a ton of month, a ton of month to feed their agents. You have mm-hmm. to understand, and I'm not saying that you can't get a lot of business from that, but but since that time, so much has opened up, and so I'm trying to teach agents like what systems work for me, what can work for you. And I always go back to the before, during, and after, right? So the before is the marketing, right? What, how do you attract cl- people into your brand and all that stuff? And then during is the systems you have in place to keep them engaged, right? Maybe if they're not a client yet, if they are a client, like those different types of automated systems and programs and things you have to do. And then the after, the after is what I really struggled with is that's like staying in touch with that client, follow up so they can repeat and refer, refer you business. What closing gift systems do you have? So that was the last piece of the puzzle that I really had to, to get, you know, really dialed into. But I think, you know, I needed that time to really say, does this work? You know? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think since I've been, well, since I've been doing it, it was about 400 sales personally I've done, you know, with, wow. with obviously the help of people on the ground with me, but, um, which is a lot, you know, right? And, and uh, being being away, right? Yeah, I mean, if you in really South think Carolina, it, yeah, South Carolina. So if you That's really and, and that was really struggled, I didn't tell people that. That was the other yeah. whole piece of this. It was that mindset of like being afraid that they were going to judge me, and they yeah. did. Yeah, and, and, and I hate to say this, agents judged me and threw me under the bus. I mean, I had to. I almost took, I, and I, I don't talk about this to a lot of people, but. I had to almost like file complaints against agents, mm-hmm. you know? Right. It's I mean, what does it matter? I mean, it seems like they're the systems you had put in place is obviously really well, effective. Well, well, real estate's very competitive. So in, yeah. especially nowadays. So when someone's when someone's, when you're taking away someone's paycheck, they are yeah. using different ammo to say, well, he's not local. Did you know he lives here? How can mm-hmm. he help you if he's doing this? Right. So there's, there's that, it's unfortunate that that happens, but it does happen. So I was just right. talking to a guy that's interested in, in my, in one of my programs, you know, through the agent hybrid. And, and I, and he's like, well, what, how can I position? I said, don't worry about it. You got to change your thinking. I was, I was the same way. And now this is how I approach it. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is why it's better for the consumer. Right. I mean, like I said, I mean, every agent runs their own business. Every agent thinks they're the best, but I really believe that you can take care of your clients at a higher level. Now, if I was playing golf all day long and, and exercising and doing martial yeah, right. arts, that's a different story, right? Right. I mean, but you know, but in general sense, I'm there for my clients 24-7. Mm-hmm. And you can't right. ever say that someone's not getting care, right? Right. And, and and here's the other thing. I mean, I'm not a new agent, so I've sold a home in almost every single neighborhood in Onondaga County, right? I know the market inside and out. If someone mentions a street, I'm probably like, ah, I sold a house over there. I sold a house over there, right? So it's real easy for me to price properties, to sell properties. And personally, right. and then you deal with a lot. Here's the other thing. A lot of times we deal with vacant owners anyways. You never meet the yeah. person, right? Right. 
I mean, what's so different about that? And not only that, so many agents are taking vacations all the time anyways. You know, <laughs> it was really around 24-7, right? Yeah. I mean, right. I'll be honest with you. But things are changing. But it took yeah. me a lot, long time to overcome that that mindset of am, am I am I really, you know, doing a service to my clients, you know? Right. Right. Well, I, it's, it's interesting because I've, uh, you know, I've been very fortunate in the three and a half years that I've done real estate. I've, when I go on listing appointments, all of them, except for the one that I just did was pretty much, I was in there. I got the job locked in this past one about a month ago was the first time I was interviewing and the sellers are very open about interviewing two other agents. And I was very like, I was prepped. I was locked and ready to go. And I'm, and I'm ready. I'm just waiting for their response. They said when they got back from vacation, they were going to reach out to the agents, let them know who got the bid. But I have been sitting on edge, hoping that I won it only because it was like, it would be like a moment that you'd be like, yes, they liked me more. They yeah, liked yeah, me yeah, more, yeah, 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 you know? Yeah. So it's like, how do you combat that kind of energy? Cause I imagine you're constantly going up against other people. Well, right? well, I am. I am. And you know, the, the person I have on the ground, um, he's really good with people, right? Todd? Uh, no, uh, his name is Joe, but, uh, uh, he's really good with people and he, um, you know, he has to secure the appointment. Right. But I'm also on the front end talking with that client, you know, they know me, but they also know they're getting both. They're getting coverage, right. They're yeah. getting people that, like if someone wants to show that house, Joe showing the house, meaning like if someone comes from a sign call or whatever. Right. Right. Um, but that person just has to know the system that I don't have to be there. And that's the thing. That's the thing. Like people sometimes want to have a feeling with that person in their house, how the dynamics are, you know, do they, are they a good match? And that's, and that's what real estate's about. Um, a lot of times, you know, and then other people, they don't care. Yeah. Just get the job done. Yeah, you know? right. But I will tell you this. Um, experience today in real estate is not so much so important. Like if, if you're an agent that sold thousand houses, the consumer doesn't care. Mm -hmm. They care more that, you know, I like Corey. He sounds like a good guy. He He's my type of guy. And I'm going to work with Corey. And you could have sold one house. Yeah. And you could have beat that agent that sold a hundred houses that year. Right. And that's yeah. the way the shift in the market was. Cause back in the day, you know, before you got into real estate, people used to um, really ask you how many houses you sold. What have you done here? What have you done there? And they almost wanted like your resume. Yeah. So it was very, very different. Um, and I've been right. in so many listing appointments uh, virtually and you know on the ground and I can tell you some amazing stories and I've seen <laughs> people do some crazy things I had this one lady she said well this is how I'm going to do it Bob I'm meeting with 10 agents this is no joke Oof. I'm meeting with 10 agents and then I'm going to put all the agents names in a hat and I'm just going to pick whoever I and I said really now this is coming from a consumer that her house back in the day was listed for like almost a year she had, she already went through three agents. Right. Uh, and I'm no, like, that's taking a name the, out of the hat. That's not the smartest thing to do at this stage. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I said, you know, I mean, I don't know. Real estate's very different now because 
back in the day. I think social media really plays an effect on that now. Yeah, yeah, it does play a huge effect into it. In back in the day, when the average home price, average home sale, you know, days on market was like nine. Believe it or not, this is true. Like almost ninety days. Okay? Wow, ninety days. So you, as an agent, had to show your marketing plan. You don't loosely today. You do. I mean, that's one big thing I'm about always marketing someone's house, but you don't have to do that so much because house is selling so quickly. So price, price is a function of marketing. So if you price it correctly, it's going to sell and you might not even get the chance to do this great marketing. Right. Right. And so back in the day, you as an agent had a longer timeline that you had to show your relevance and importance as a listing agent. And, and I remember consumers, when you had a, a 90 day contract with them or 120 days or 180 days, they were counting down those days to find another agent if you didn't do the job. And a lot of time the job was priced, like they overpriced it and you overpriced it as an agent. Yeah, It, it was a very different market. I mean, extremely right. different. Uh, and, and now it's super competitive. And I, I wish yeah. you well. I, I hope you get that call and they say, we're going to use you because it's extremely competitive. Yeah. You know? Well, it's funny. It's because they, they even said when I, they gave me the tour of the house. Mm-hmm. What was so funny was I, she found me on online and sent me an email. We connected on the, through email, talked on the phone. And then I got to her house and I never mentioned this to her. She was showing me, hey, this is the master bedroom. This is the spare bedroom. This was my son's room. And then here was my daughter's room that now we use as a workout room. And I go, oh, that's cool. You guys have some kettlebells and a bench. That's that's really cool. And she goes, you know, I thought you would like this room the most out of anyone just because you do all that that martial arts stuff. And I go, oh, how did you how did you know that? She goes, oh, well, I found you online. And I'm like, and that is part of the reason why I keep everything public because I want people to know who I am. And if that me doing martial arts got me an opportunity to interview yeah. for a listing, that's all I need. That's, that's a check right. mark. That's, that's a win. Right. You know that's what I mean? Right. Even if they don't take me, even if they don't pick me, they pick another great agent. That's right. That, I feel like I won there when, when she said that. I was like, yes. Okay. So you do know, you do know what I like to do and my hobbies and reach because I think in today's day and age, I think that matters to people more than how many houses you sold. Like, I think, I think you're right. There is this crossover, you know, back in the day uh, on social media, I remember, you know, there was always this, you have to have a business page and you have to have a personal page. And I think those two have kind of merged a little together mm-hmm. where your business and that's the whole thing with work life integration, your business is your personal life and that's good and bad. Because some people's personal life isn't the best for their professional life. You <laughs> yeah, know? right, right. So, right. so you might, you might, I don't know, right? They, they maybe get too much into politics, right? right. I kind of hold the middle ground, but they get too much into politics. So they have too much opinions and they might attract that person, right? But in general speaking, you still have to be responsible on social media, right? Yeah. And, and right. martial arts is very responsible. So nothing, nothing can, no one's going to say anything bad about that, but that was good that she searched out you out. Right. And, right. and said, I like this guy. Now, I don't know what they're going to, what people think about me. Damn, this guy works out too much. How's he going to sell yeah. my house? <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're going to think you're shredded underneath that hoodie, Bob. What's that? They're going to think that you're shredded underneath that hoodie. Yeah, exactly. Right. They're going to think that, right? 
So this is my Superman hoodie. So nice. Um, but no, but seriously, I think that you're absolutely right. And I on social media um do a lot of different things on my personal page. Um, and I think that I'm not afraid to do that, right? I'm not mm-hmm. afraid to tell who I am and those types of things because that's just how it is. And right. I think more people have to be, as long as, like I said, I'm not doing things I'm not supposed to do. Right. Cause I right. think, I think I, there is a crossover where some agents have gotten um, too much, a little too much in the industry. Like I'm not saying everything has to be suit and tie and professional all the time, but some agents are doing some things that are questionable. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Which is which well, is fine, which is fine too. I mean, you yeah. teach their own, right? I right. Mean, who, who am I to say, right? The guy who well, works. It's out funny in- you said that because I was talking to uh Jay Grow last week. He's gonna yeah. be the episode before you. And we were talking about how um there there definitely is like a there's a legal and ethical way to do business, mm-hmm. but there's a so many different ways you could do business like yours is like very unique because there's not many people i feel like who are doing that kind no, of not many kind of at stuff. all no right no. and then you have somebody like me who really focuses on uh social media aspects and you have somebody say donna in my office really loves mailers you know so it's like everybody has like their own kind of shtick and they're all successful kind of in their own way it's just it's such an interesting business because I, I don't know any other businesses that are like that you're absolutely right. Real estate, there's there's no one size fits all, right? And it lets and your I personality that, shine a little bit more. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, not everyone's gonna, you know, like my style, your style, and that's what's great about it. You can't be all things to all clients. You you that's the the problem is there's not enough opportunities to get in front of those people, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I do that three a day because I have to go through sift through a lot of people to find the people that I'm going to work with. And that's the same thing with mailers. It's the same thing with everyone. So I think all agents are finding their systems. I mean, I always like to say, you know, have be yourself through those systems and then have branches on like a tree and each of those branches, I usually say you need to have five systems, right. That you work. Um, and maybe two that you're working more than the others. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's and then a solid foundation roots and all that stuff. So I think that's, that's important, but you're right. I mean, you can't, you have to be yourself in a professional way and people are going to like you for that. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, and I, I don't let it bother me anymore. If I don't get a listing and someone calls me up and says, you know, I went with someone else because of whatever, I don't even ask why I'm like, that's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. But I used to, you don't even ask why. No, I don't ask why. Okay. Interesting. I used to be the type of agent that would, it doesn't bother me anymore. I used to be like, so let me, I'm curious. I mean, so why did you choose the other agent? And you know, it was funny because sometimes I would, in the, in the past, I remember one specific listing appointment and they said, because the other agent had better marketing than you. And, and it was funny because at the time, this is back in the day, I was all about marketing. I mean, my presentation was top-notch marketing. But, and I said to myself, that's interesting. And I saw the agent that they chose and that agent didn't do the same level of marketing. But in their mind, that agent conveyed the message that they are more proficient in marketing. Than me, yeah, right? right. And I said to myself, hmm, maybe maybe my delivery is not good. So sometimes the feedback is good. Don't, don't I mean, like in that situation. But nowadays, I know that, I did everything I 
possibly could do. And that's not going to be a reason, you know, why I'm going to keep trying to question my ability at this stage, you know? Right. Right. I mean, obviously I love feedback and I improve on that, but I don't know how much more where I can go from here. You know? yeah. I do, especially when you're doing yeah. hundreds of transactions. I thought 32 transaction was enough, but I thought well, that was a, yeah, I mean, a I mean, not my goal every year, uh, no matter if I was, I mean, if I was in, if I was physically myself on the ground, I'd be a control freak, but then I would lose my whole, uh, work life balance integration thing. So I think I, my goal is still pushing close. I want to do a hundred, help a hundred people every year. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that's not a hard in, in today's markets a little tougher because I was always buyer focused. Mm-hmm. So when I have, like, I could have done a hundred transactions this past year, but so many people I couldn't get to get houses. Right. Yeah. Right. Like they couldn't get their offer accepted. They just, yeah. I, I wasn't going to, it was just a factor of the markets, not because there wasn't enough opportunities or people in the pipeline. It was because right. they could not get houses. Yeah. And that's a big problem. And I think, I think that's a lot of people that were focused heavy on buyers had a tougher time where if you mixed it up and you, you focused on sellers with buyers, because I'm always telling agents to be more like be a 60, 40 or a 50, 50. So when the market shifts, you can capitalize. Right. Yeah. I'm, right. I'm still happy with what I did because I was doing other things with real estate investments and other things like that. And I, I'm, so I'm still happy with what I did. I just think that, um, there's always going to be that opportunity if you just stay super focused, you know, what, so I'll say last question. What do you think the market is going to look like in the next few years? If okay. you had to put on your, no, what is it? Your, uh, Nostradamus hat. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, you know, I was, I'm not gonna say I was negative, but I believe that we were going to have a recession. If the pandemic never came, I believe we were going to have a recession in real estate. Okay. And we never saw those high prices in 2019. It started to creep in and everything happened. So I was thinking this can't go on. Things are going to change. However, I shifted my thinking by looking at a lot of different dynamics where 2022 is going to be a repeat of 2021. Yeah. I still think we're going to have major growth um, in home prices. Um, when I say major, they're still going to click upward where we're going to see the average home price you know, in that 200 range remain there for Onondaga County. I think that, um, and I don't want to get too political here, but I would say that if certain things change on the front of, um, we'll say money being spread around, things like that, I think things will kind of show this, the cracks will kind of show themselves and things might change. But the problem, not a problem, but since prices have gone up so much, even if they come down, we're still at a high price point that we've yeah. never seen in Onondaga County, Oswego County, you know, Cayuga, Madison, all that. So I, I think the real estate market is going to be still be very strong for home sellers. I really, yeah. Yeah. I, but I, but I don't think there's enough inventory. I don't still think there's enough people transitioning out of their homes to create that extra uh, inventory. Yeah, And I think because of the um, appreciating prices, it's given people equity in their homes that they never had. So that's why we're having less foreclosures or potential foreclosures, even mm-hmm. though, um, but I do think debt is very scary, which cu- could come back to hunt everyone in the market. That's mm. my, that's my only concern about 
I mean, I could talk about this subject for hours, but um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know you want a short answer here and I didn't give it to you. I think. No, it's have- fine. I like, I like a long answer. 2022 is going to be the same as 2021 low inventory. I think the spring market's going to get crazy for real estate agents. Um, I think as long as we don't have any um, major potential lockdowns or anything happening in that front, I think we should be good. Okay. And I think it should be a very crazy market. And I think home sellers are going to do very well and buyers are still going to struggle, which is very disheartening for me. Yeah. Um, Nothing worse than calling a buyer and telling them the fourth offer they've written got. got Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I, and I'm not a proponent of what people, we have to do what we have to do as real estate agents. And I I think sometimes we get a bad rap because we don't tell clients they have to remove home inspections. We just have to tell them that's what other people are doing. I don't advocate that other people are doing that. And some agents are doing that. I mean, we don't know, you know, we don't know what's going on with, I mean, the, the driver is still the buyer. Agents can only do so much. We can guide, advocate, keep people out of harm. But at the end of the day, it's, it's their decision. Or I should say it's their parents' decision, their uncle's (laughs) decision. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. It's not, not always their decision either, but, but, but that's the, that's how real estate's changing, you know? And, and that's another whole subject too, for like, man, I, I, I love to talk about stuff. I like to write. And I think, I think there's so much useful knowledge. um, If people just kind of, Paid, paid more attention and had a, had more capacity to um, not show so short-sighted to really read and understand and, and, and take the time to really see what's really going on in the market in the world today, you know? So that's yeah. all. Yeah. Amen. I love that. Dude, we just did an hour and a half. Can you believe that? Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah. It's a long time. <laughs> dude, I just want to say thank you so much for giving me an hour and a half of your time, dude. That's amazing. Yeah. I really appreciate it, especially for somebody who's as busy as you. Thank you. I feel like Thank I learned you. a lot. And I also, my heart is full that I got to talk martial arts with somebody Absolutely. who isn't from Taikai. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. So I guess we'll just have to do part two in the future. Part two in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate you, dude. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the show. The love and support that you guys show me is such a wonderful thing from the text messages to social media posts. It's just a constant reminder of how many awesome people I have in my life. If you want to support the show, make sure you subscribe, follow, like the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share it with your friends and tell them what your favorite episode is. If you think yourself or someone you may know would be great on the podcast, reach out to me and we can make it happen. I love putting these out and getting a chance to talk to so many interesting people is so incredible. So thank you for giving me your time and I appreciate you guys more than I can put into words. I love you people very much.